So hello everybody and welcome to this week's In My Mug. In this episode, we're off to Thailand. Yes, you heard me right. We are going to Thailand. Now, Thailand is somewhere that you do not see many specialty roasters carrying. Uh, we were really lucky to meet this guy called Fraudi, who has been exporting uh, Thai coffee um, a, a couple of years ago at London Coffee Festival. Um, and he brought some samples to us and we tried them and we loved them. So we've been able to build this relationship, which has been really great fun. Uh, this coffee, all of the coffees actually have been super well received, partly because of that unique, interesting, like, wow, this is something I've not had before, uh, but also that they are super delicious and, and super interesting. It is a black honey, and black honeys are really dangerous coffees to do. So why are they dangerous? Well, you remove the fruit, but you leave the mucilage on, and you leave a lot of mucilage on. Um, and what you can do is over-ferment the coffees that end up that they just don't taste great. Um, <clears throat> but the expertise that is growing in this one region of Thailand is phenomenal. There is some really kind of uh, forward thinking, uh, reaching out to other markets uh, and learning from their processing methods. And they have absolutely pulled this one off. So I'm going to hand you over to uh, Virtual Steve now, who is going to go through uh, all of the details of the farm and all of the history. And then we'll be back to taste it. So see you in a minute. Thanks, Steve. So, Thailand, not traditionally known for its specialty coffee. In fact, not traditionally known for coffee in general, but Arabica coffee started to be planted in the early uh, 1980s um, and started off as part of like uh, the Thai King's Opium Eradication Project. So giving people something else to grow other than opiates. Um, and since then, it has kind of gone from strength to strength. Thailand produces around about 8,000 tonnes of Arabica, mainly in the north of the country in the mountainous regions. And on top of that, they also produce around about 80,000 tonnes of Robusta coffee, making it the third largest coffee producer in Asia. Um, Thai specialty coffee is rarely seen by top roasters, um, and that's because it's really difficult to go and find. It's really difficult to uh, find partners that will give you consistent quality. Thailand is a middle-income country, so that means that coffee growing doesn't really fit with the economy and the ideas that they have of the economy. Uh, you know, people want to work in offices and people want to work in shops, um, and it's a lot harder to get them motivated to to uh, to work the land. Um, but what it has done is created this uh, buzz for specialty coffee in the country. So as in coffee shops are opening, there are a lot of the third wave, which is the specialty coffee term that we use for uh, people that like single origins and things like that. There are a, a wrath of them uh, in the cities, uh, in Bangkok and Chiang Mai, um, but you know also in smaller towns as well. Um, now, they tend to use Thai coffee there because coffee that's imported gets a tariff, where if it's locally grown, it doesn't get a tariff, so it makes it more affordable. But these shops have driven the farmers to raise their quality because they have a market for it on their doorstep, uh, which is a, you know, a lot easier for them to do. Um, so this coffee comes from uh, our sourcing partners that are called Beanspire, uh, and they're working with the families uh, of Dong Pangyong, um, I'm probably murdering that name, but I hope that it's right. Um, and helping them to improve their quality. This one comes from uh, the Bekui family, um, Atta and Papay. Um, At 
who is uh, Atta, who is 31, is the oldest of three siblings, and he's the entrepreneur in the family. He's the one trying to force change and trying to uh, really bring other people in the community along with him on this specialty journey. Pepe is Atta's 27-year-old sister. Um, she's worked in both Korea and Taiwan before returning home to Tong Dong Pangyong uh, to help her brother with the farm. Uh, Papo speaks fluent Chinese and she's also a Chinese language teacher at the local school. Um, so the future of the specialty coffee in these countries rely on young people seeing the benefits of investing in specialty. Um, and this is a great example of two people who really are pushing the boundaries with this black honey, um, you know, which is, which is not an easy process to do and, and comes with lots of risk. Um, the farm is around about 1,250 metres to 1,500 metres above sea level, and it has Katura, Catimor, Bourbon, and Tipica. Um, so there are lots of different varietals in there. Um, and the reason for this mix is to spread the risk of plant disease and also to spread the risk of the harvest kind of uh, having ups and downs by having uh, this um, diverse uh, varietal mix. Um, Due to the, the soil as well, there's a lot of the reason why they've gone for uh, Catimore, uh, because the soil really does uh, thrive, the plant make it kind of, uh, the, the conditions are perfect uh, with the soil for the, the Catimore. So let's go through the, 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 the headlines. So it is from Thailand, it's from the Doi Pangyong Chang Rai region. Um, it has an altitude of 1200 to 1500 meters above sea level. It is a black honey process and it's Katura Tipica and Chiang Mai, which is this wide variety of different uh, uh, things that go under there. Um, so let's go back to Steve for the tasting and see what he thinks. So I'm here at Has Been Towers. I'm just gonna give you a quick, it's deserted. I had to come in for the coffee and some other things for work so I'm I, I'm following the rules of lockdown um, there are these they are roasting down there um, but I'm keeping well away and just come and film this pick up my work and get gone so please nobody complain to me that I'm breaking social distancing or lockdown rules I'm working from home just needed to get this done um, so that was really interesting the the stuff from virtual Steve um, and this coffee is just so unique and it's so fantastic to have a really cool relationship like this. Let's get in the coffee. So, we use this descriptor way too much in coffee, but it really fits for this one. It is very much milk chocolate. It's that thick, sweet, kind of almost melted chocolate uh, taste to it. On top of that, it has like, um, I can't decide if it's hazelnut or if it's macadamia. So I'm gonna say both because it just has this really complex nutty flavor to it. The body on it is phenomenal. And a lot of that will come from that black honey processing. But the sweetness is something else. And again, very much helped by, sorry, I have to put my glasses on the headwear and when I'm wearing a mask, it's, uh, it gets very cloudy otherwise. This is a fantastic example of what somebody looking at the market looking what they have and trying to improve can do to a coffee. This is unique, it is rare, and I hope you're enjoying it in your subscription this week. Listen, thank you very much for joining me, um, but do remember, life is too short for bad coffee.
this is what I do when I'm sad. This is what I do when I'm sad, but I'm trying to pretend to be happy. <laughs> <laughs>